Welcome to the Dance Studio Empire podcast business series. This podcast is about building your studio empire, whatever that is for you, whether you're just getting started or striving to hit the elusive $1 million mark. This business series will give you the confidence and know-how you need to transform your studio and give you the business you've always wanted. So sit back and get ready to build your dance studio empire. Welcome back to the Dance Studio Empire podcast. Well, if you're listening to this in real time, we are right at the end of January, which is super crazy that it's gone so fast for us and for many studio owners around where we live. It's all about to start again. The the new dance year is about to happen. I hope you're in a good place. I hope you are feeling prepared. I hope you've got your team all sorted and your enrollments are rolling in. I really do hope that it is a good year for you. This week, we actually had our first mastermind group gathering. Um, So if you're not sure, I do a mastermind for the higher level studio owners. And we actually had our first together session. So it was a clarity and strategy session where we were mapping out, well, essentially the first, the next three years, um, then 12 months, and then breaking those goals down into quarterly chunks. Um, And it was fantastic. It was so great being in the room together with these studio owners who are all doing extremely well in, in most areas of their business and together they're helping each other, challenging each other to, to bring the others up. It was really, really great. And it really fills my cup. So, you know, thank you to those beautiful studio owners. And this might be something that will interest you down the track. Definitely let me know. Um, I can put you on a wait list for that for the next time we, we start a new mastermind group. Anyway, it actually got me thinking, you know, this starting, getting back into everything, um, how challenging and how hard it can be. And it took me back to several years ago and it was really, it was exactly this time actually, um, a couple of years ago now. And I basically got to the point where I finally broke. Now, I didn't think this was possible. I didn't think that I would ever break but I did. And so in this episode, I'm going to tell you exactly how I got to this point, the the warning signs that were there that I didn't see, and then how I was able to actually recover and come out the other side. And probably more importantly, know that I will never get back there again, because I have learned my lesson. So I'm going to be getting quite vulnerable in this episode, which, you know, can feel uncomfortable. But I really believe, I believe first of all in transparency and I just, I will share everything with you um, because I I want you to enjoy the, the good things that I go through, but I also want you to be aware that it's it's not always rainbows and lollipops for, for me either. So, you know, I am exactly like everybody else. And even if this episode just helps one, one of you who was listening, then I know it's going to be worth it. So... Bear with me. Are you ready to strap in as I get into it? So as I had mentioned this time a couple of years ago, I just, I broke. Now for myself, I don't, I don't like using the word burnout or I hit rock bottom or I've had a breakdown because to me, they all sound a little bit cliche and 
to be honest, a little bit more dramatic than I'm comfortable with because I, I don't have a dramatic personality. I, I, I'm not comfortable with that. You know, I just, I avoid drama at all costs. And this was after there were quite a, a lot of small things that had been happening, but there were also some really quite big things. We had um, a suicide in a family, which these events were really impactful. And I, I at the time thought I was handling them very well, but I wasn't. And there literally came a point when all I could do was function day to day. Then it became hour to hour. And then even in the, the very end, it was minute to minute basis. Now, I'm sure you've heard the analogy of a cup being continually filled without it being emptied. So if it's, someone's pouring from a jug into a cup, it's obviously going to fill up and then it's going to spill over. And well, that was me because obviously the, the liquid filling the cup is the stresses. And if you don't stop and empty that cup with relaxation, self-care, um, you know, reducing all that stress in your life, the cup's not going to empty again and it's just going to keep filling up until liquid's got nowhere to go except spill out over the edge. And that's the best way to describe how it was for me at that time. Now, I do want to put a little caveat on. I was never in danger, okay? I was never alone. I had my family around me. Um, but the things that would just would normally come naturally to me, they just weren't, it just wasn't happening, you know, um, I just didn't know how to handle how I had lived my life for the past, you know, 40 plus years. And then all of a sudden, everything that I knew and had done for all those, all those years was, was no longer working because if you know me, I am, I'm a happy, positive person. I will, most of the time I'm smiling. So I always am able to be grateful for the small things every single day. And I, I don't let I don't let small things worry me. I don't stress about things. Um, as I said earlier, I don't do drama. I just I don't allow it in my life, so it doesn't affect me. I'm able to find solutions for my own problems when they come up. I'm also good at finding solutions for other people's problems when they come up. And I actually pride myself on being a great listener and a great support, and being able to guide others during times when they're feeling like that. But for me, at this point, I couldn't do any of it for others or for myself. So <laughs> in the end, it wasn't actually a choice to take time off. Like I literally just couldn't function at the level I was used to. So I could no longer create content. I struggled to find words to put together an email. I even was struggling to find words when having conversations with people. I lost all my patience for people and up and things, but I was really struggling to make decisions. So even through my business, it, so even though at this point in my business, I really needed to be making some big decisions because part of this timing was, was during that first lockdown that we had with COVID. And so we were having to make, like you, make big decisions and fast decisions you know it was a lot and it had to be done I had a team around me I had a family to support so this was important but it was at, at this point I could not even make the smallest decisions like what color texture to write on the whiteboard so I mean this this is where it got to which 
might sound funny if you've never been there, but maybe, I don't know, maybe you can relate a little bit. Don't know. Anyway, during this time, I cried a lot. I didn't want to socialize. I withdrew from all social situations, which was also good with COVID. So that was fine. But I was just completely and utterly exhausted, like probably you were as well. So, you know, I'm not taking it away from you. I'm just telling you how I was feeling at this time and part of the the signs that were coming up, which I wasn't listening to. And even, you know, my body was just continually feeling like I'd been hit by a truck. It didn't matter if I'd slept or not, like just physically, yeah, I was physically in my body. I had never experienced this sort of physical feeling before. And I'm quite a fit person and I exercise regularly and, you know, I'm, I do a fair bit, but this, I couldn't even explain it, how, how my body was actually feeling. And then other things like I, I couldn't listen to music in the car. Like it was just, there was too much stimulation. I didn't listen to a single podcast. Now I love, I love listening to podcasts. I actually get excited to get in the car so I can listen to podcasts. Um, I couldn't listen to a podcast. I didn't pick up a book. Now this is either business or, or for fun. And even watching television, I had to be really choosy with what I was watching because the slightest anxiety in a show or the, the stress in a show would would trigger me and I couldn't handle it. So there was no murder mysteries and no suspenseful shows. It just had to be really, really lighthearted comedies with, you know, n- no depth in them. Um, I, re- I really just was struggling to find any motivation to do anything and I over, I actually overcommitted and I feel dreadful because at a point if I was in a normal state, I would have been able to absolutely do the stuff that I said I would do, but I just couldn't. So I, I felt dreadful for not being able to follow through. I had to um, give return some money for programs that people had bought because I just I had nothing to give. Um, I also overcommitted my team and it was to the point where they absolutely stepped up and were magnificent, but they were so exhausted because of what I had decided in our business to keep going through that first lockdown. They were exhausted. So, and again, if you know, if I was in the right place in my mind at the time, I would have seen that and I would have adjusted it. But this is the things I just weren't seeing things clearly. I did learn a lot. And thankfully, my my team did forgive me. And then I, I knew not to repeat that in the next lockdown. So I did learn my lessons and thankfully, they did hang around. And so that's how I was feeling. That's um, if it gives you a sense of you know, trying to get you into my life to just let you know what it was feeling like, so physically feeling like and emotionally feeling like. So how did I cope and what were those signs? I'm going to talk you through those now. Now, first of all, I stopped doing everything that didn't involve the day-to-day running of my studio. So obviously things have to keep going. I have a business to run. I have bills to pay. I have staff to pay. I had children to, I'd promised things to. So I had to do, I had to keep things going, but everything else that was not pivotal to that particular thing, I just stopped doing. I relinquished things in my life that were causing me pressure. So, for example, I have a a VA, a virtual assistant, and 
because I was always I was feeling pressure to give her tasks each week I just had to put her on hold because it was just another thing on my to-do list that I physically couldn't do and so I ended up paying her for a bit without having any work for her um but I just yeah it was just too much pressure for me so I had to stop stop her for a little bit she's back now and been back with me for, for years and amazing but at that time I just had to give up the other thing that I had to give up was my house cleaner which sounds really weird because you think that would take pressure off but I don't know if you've got a cleaner you might be able to relate to this but knowing that the cleaner's coming I always felt a pressure to have the house tidied before she would come so obviously so she had she could clean so it you know it made sense but uh, those days knowing that she was coming that pressure of having to have the house tidied before she came was too much so I actually just stopped her and just well lived basic I can do my own cleaning um but yeah so that was another thing I limited my social interactions now that again was a bit easy because we were in lockdown for some of this time and the thing that was really interesting is I sat in silence where possible. So wherever I could, it was just quiet. So in my car, as I said before, there was no radio on. If I was in my office, no music playing. Um, even when I was exercising or running, um, not that I was doing much of that at the beginning, but I just, yeah, no music. No music. I was just doing it in silence. No podcasts, no reading, like I had said. Now, I focused on just one thing that I needed to do that particular day. That was it. So, and it could have been as minor as checking that the bookings for our concerts were in, you know, so it was just something it's like, that's it. That's on my to-do list. And that was the one thing I focused on. And if I felt okay, I would then do the next one thing, but that was just how I had to reduce the overwhelm of the day and what I had to do. So normally like you probably do, have a massive to-do list. I just had to pick one thing and literally write that down and that was it. Once I did that, then put one more thing on. That's how I got through my day-to-day. I stopped all my own learning. So I'm a, bit of a, I'm a bit of a junkie when it comes to education for myself and online learning, online courses and trainings. Um, but I, had to, I stopped all of that. I couldn't commit. I stopped any extra commitments and responsibilities. I just had to say no. Um, and you know what? Everyone was okay with that. No one ha- no one had an issue when I said no to things. Funny that. Um, I relied heavily on my team. They really, they stepped up. They probably didn't even really know what was going on, but they absolutely stepped up. And my mum, who also works in the studio, she also stepped up. She had more of a clue what was going on and she was able to keep momentum going. And I am so grateful forever to my team and my mum particularly for doing that at that time. So what helped me turn the corner to recovery? Now, like I said, thankfully, for my mental and physical well-being, our second lockdown for us in New South Wales, where we were, we had that second lockdown, I was able to completely stop. And I mean completely. Because it was actually school holidays, I didn't need to worry about online classes or being in constant contact with my team. Um, My daughters, they weren't at school. It was school holidays. And Also, they're really independent, so I didn't need to worry about them or be driving them around. Now, I 
realize how very, very fortunate I was to have that time. So please know that. (laughs) I know that that's not normal, but um, I am so thankful for that. I also did not have the expectations on my team like I did in the first one, in the first lockdown to, to run how we were running. Um, so yeah, so that did allow that. So I'm actually, I know a lot of people did hate that second lockdown and I, from a business point of view, it wasn't the best, but from a personal point of view, I'm very grateful for it. Um, okay. What else did I do? I, I spent two weeks, that two weeks of the school holidays, pretty much laying on the couch and I was just watching series of Netflix and I was like a zombie I was just like watching over and over again everyone was pretty chilled because no one could go anywhere so that was easy and that was what my brain needed um, and it was it was excellent I went to bed early every night and I actually woke up when my body was ready because again we didn't have that need for the alarm during lockdown which was so so good <laughs> uh, I didn't turn my computer on for a couple of weeks I didn't send, reply, or create any emails or social media posts or any blogs. I had had more time to prepare healthy meals and snacks for, well, not only myself, but for the family. So it was really nice to have that time. I, I actually began ran, running every day. So as I said, I am quite fit and I, I exercise regularly. You know, I feel good. But I got to a point where that had lapsed a bit. So I did get out. I made a point of just getting out. Now, this was not fast running. I'm not trying to talk myself up here. It was trotting, um, as my my family call it. But, yeah, it was very slow at the beginning and did get a little bit faster. But I was getting out and I was moving my body and exercising every day. And I think that that made a big difference. I spent little time on social media. And on my phone, um, for someone who's very happy to sit and scroll, because um, in a way, it's um, I feel like sometimes scrolling switches your brain off everything normally. But um, yeah, I actually didn't do that, so that helped me as well. And so after two weeks of doing those small things, I started to notice changes in myself, and I started to feel grateful for the small things again. I started to feel happy again. I started to want to create again. So I was finally just starting to feel like myself. And remember, I am very aware this was because there was a worldwide um, pandemic. I'm very aware of that. And I know that was awful and hard for so many. But, you know, I again, awareness of the situation and, you know, just really grateful for that. I am... Um, I often wonder if we didn't go into a lockdown for that that second time where where I would be right now, you know. Like I say it's scary to think, and I'm sure I would have come out of it and it would have been fine. Maybe it would have taken longer. I don't know. Um, But, you know, extremely grateful and relieved to eventually be able to come back and continue doing what I love. So why am I sharing this with you? Like I said, if this just helps one person, then I feel like I've done my job for today. Um, and I just would never have thought in a million years that this would happen to me. You know, I, I pride myself on being self-aware, of being conscious of my body and my health and my mental well-being. But clearly all of that became clouded and my just my, my judgment was warped because I didn't acknowledge or listen to those warning signs or those red flags and I mean 
I've never had this before. So maybe I didn't know to, but, you know, looking back, definitely, you know, if I see these warning signs and red flags starting to appear, I, I act faster. Um, so maybe these warning signs might just be, you know, something that help you start to identify things and just jump on it now to stop it from, from becoming any more than it needs to. So after listening to this, does any of this resonate with you? Is there like anything in the story and you're like, wow, that's, yeah, that's how I'm feeling or that's what I'm starting to do, you know? If if so, just don't be like me. <laughs> don't don't be like me and have to go through it. You know, just take that time to reevaluate and have a look, you know, at what's happening in your life. Have a look at ways where you can reduce those extra stresses that are happening. I'm also, you know, I also want you to know that if you have young children, maybe you have, you're a carer, you know, there's a lot of things happening in life that makes that very, very difficult. I, I do get that, um, you know, but you have to look after yourself because if, you know, if you're not there or you can't function, then everyone around you is going to, to suffer because of that. So that's just a good thing to tell yourself if you do feel like there's nothing you can do. All right. So from now my purpose and my focus were clear again. So I was able to keep moving forward. Um, and that's why everything that I create now that I speak about and that I design is for you, studio owners, just to ensure that you never get to this place where possible. So everything that I'm doing in 2023 and beyond is just wholly designed around you and ensuring you can run your studio as originally dreamed, you know, and just not running continually exhausted, overwhelmed and unsure what to do next, you know, because remember, I, I know what that feels like. Um, it's just really important to keep that in your in your psyche so that if you start to feel that way, if you start being, if you're continually exhausted, continually overwhelmed, what you're doing is not working. So we need to work out the best path forward. So now if any of this does trigger you, like even in the slightest, if you don't have someone to talk to about it or reach out to, reach out to me. We can have a chat. We can get a plan in place so you don't get to the same point. Now, um, I will leave a link under underneath um, the show notes and, yeah, click that if you want to book, book in for a chat. The best thing about going through this is obviously coming out the other side and being aware of it and being aware of the warning signs. And I can also pick it up in other people now as well. So it's absolutely a benefit. Like most things in life that you go through struggles, hard times, when you come through the other side, there are definite benefits to it as long as you use them to your advantage moving forward. And so that my friends, is exactly what I am here for for you. If you are feeling this already, particularly of those of us who are about to start the new year, which is hopefully going to be really busy for you and moving fast and, you know, having to learn all the, the new families and get to know them all. Maybe you're introducing new teachers into your team. There's a, there's a lot of pressure that goes on in those first couple of weeks for studio owners. I absolutely get it. Um, but it, it shouldn't be at the detriment to your health, your mental and physical well-being. So let's, I, 
here I'm telling you right now, it's not going to happen. You, we need to take some action to make sure it doesn't get to that point if you are feeling like that. So definitely if you don't have a person in your life who you can talk to, reach out to me. We can do this. We can get a plan in place. So you can um, do 2023 the best way possible. All right, I'm going to leave it there. I hope you have a fabulous week and I will catch you in the next episode. Hey, studio owner, if you are ready to have classes so full you need a wait list, an incredible team who are exceptional with your dancers, or simply generate more revenue for your studio, then I want to invite you to join Dance Business Academy. Now, whether you are just getting started or striving to hit the elusive $1 million mark, Dance Business Academy will give you the confidence and know-how you need to transform your studio and build your dance studio empire. Just send me an email to info at danceteachercentral.com and I'll send you through the details.